This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. If you have ever read a book in your life, there is a good chance that today's guest wrote it. As of today's count, James Patterson has written 318 books that have collectively sold 425 million copies. So in a world where everyone you meet is a quote-unquote best-selling author, he is more than the real deal. And he is here to discuss his new memoir, James Patterson by James Patterson. And who knows, maybe by the time we finish this conversation, he'll have written another novel about a podcaster with a dark secret. Uh, Please welcome James Patterson. James, how are you? Yeah, I'll, I'll be writing while I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> These will be easy questions. You could, uh, you could be, your half your brain could be writing uh, in the background. So, uh, sure. great, great to talk to you. And my God, what an output! Uh, do you do you look at your bu- bookshelf and be like, wow? Or is it just? Well, my bookshelf is mainly other people's books. I do have somewhere we, we we got a bunch of you know my books, but but, but my bookshelf is is, is other folks' books. Uh, well, but, you know, they, and I've written all sorts of, and 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 the challenge here was was to write a memoir that that people couldn't put down. So I've written mysteries and children's books and sagas and nonfiction and whatever, and 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 I wanted to sort of like surprise and delight, you know, delight people who read my books already, and then surprise people who who don't read my books. Uh, in that, in that, that I could write a, a memoir that would be, as I say, you, you, that you wouldn't be able to put down, and it's just story after story after story. Yeah, well, I, I've started reading it, and I love you. You put this paragraph in, and you said, "I'm going to do this paragraph, and then you're never going to read another paragraph like this in this book." And it's just like uh-huh. a data dump of your bio, which like every memoir has. So the, I thought that right. was a pretty fun approach. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. I'm nothing against those kinds of books, but this one is just story after story after story. And and one of the fun things is, you know, I don't send these things out for blurbs, and I don't even know any of these people. But people like Steve Schwartzman, you know, who runs Blackstone, you know, I mean, he just he raved over. He said it's a thriller in itself. And Phil Knight, the uh, the Nike guy, and he said really nice things to do. Uh, you know about the book, and then and then Admiral McRaven, who has a huge bestseller called "Make Your Bed." He was uh, he ran the Army uh, Navy SEALs, and you know, and and I, I mean the line he said, I, I'm you know he said it's the most entertaining book I've read in the past fifty years, and uh, that's the entertaining is is sort of the key word there. Yeah. At any rate, so. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just the the way you start off, uh, it's it's your signature for for fans of uh, James Patterson, or millions and millions of value of you out there, you know, it, it's got that same, um, that, that rapid fire. It's just like you're 20 pages into it before you know it. Uh, so it's a lot of fun and my God, your, your life started off pretty dramatically, James. 
Yeah, I almost died the day I was born. That would have been a bad start. That would have ended it all. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, in a way, and, and I think it fits with, with uh, a lot of people who are listening, um, the notion of, you know, my father grew up in the Newburgh Poorhouse, Newburgh, New York Poorhouse, mm. the Pogi. So he was, I mean, it was basically wow. where people who were homeless, and his mother was a charwoman there. She cleaned the bathrooms in the kitchen, and, and they got a room in the in the basement. And uh, so, you know, to go from kind of the poorhouse to best-selling author in the world, that's a, that's a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a million to one shot. And, you know, I did a, I did a novel with Dolly Parton, and, 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 and Dolly and I have become really good friends. But we both, she came from, like, you know, family of 12 in the hills of Tennessee, and I came from, you know, the, sort of this poorhouse experience. So, you know, you just don't expect to get where we got. You know, and and it's it's sort of fun, and it's a testament to something. I don't know, a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work. My grandmother used to say, uh, uh, she was brilliant. She was the one that sort of would you know spurred me on. But she said, "Hungry dogs run faster." Right. <laughs> so uh, I've always been a hungry dog. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I mean, well, and and you uh, another uh, pretty well known uh, co collaborator with you, uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, sort yeah. of came from uh, humble beginnings as well. Yeah, no, totally. Yep, yep. And and he and I have become good friends. And then for the Republicans, I'm good friends with the Bushes. Well, now one Bush, but uh, you know they they were readers of my stuff. So uh, I I go uh, left and right. You know, I don't actually like it when entertainers, you know, get up and start talking about politics. You know, it's yeah. like you know we write books or we're actors or we're singers or whatever, and, and just kind of leave it at that. So I, I tend not to get political about stuff. But, well, uh, I was just about yeah, to... Yeah, but, but yeah, but I've written some with Clinton. And and actually, uh, Hillary gave me a great quote for the for this book. And Bill did too, but but I said, you know what? I, I'm not going to put your quote out there because, um, you know, you, you write books with me. So it, it'll seem like it's a, right. a, you know, a put-up job, you know. Well, that, that that brings me to a question I was going to ask you in a bit. But uh, so your your co collab you you you've collaborated with a lot of writers. Um, but I wonder, like you know, if Bill Clinton has an idea that you don't like, I, do you have to be a little bit more diplomatic about it, or you're like, nah. no, yeah. no, no, they're never no no diplomacy is not on our list, uh, and, and there and there is never a bump in the road mm. with Dolly or with President Clinton. So you, so you mentioned, uh, you know, very, very humble beginnings. Um, and in your book, you talk about working in a psychiatric hospital, but when mm-hmm. did you, uh, where, where I guess, well, I'm telling you, well, the psych I'm hospital was fascinating yeah. because, you know, I, once again, I grew up in this small town and, and, and the psych hospital was full of, of, you know, there were a fair number of famous people there. There were doctors from Harvard and, uh, James Taylor was actually a patient there. This is before he was famous. Wow. And, uh, he used to play in the coffee shop and, uh, but and at that point, nobody knew him, uh, mm. but he, he had already written fire and rain and sweet baby James. And, and then Robert Lowell, a famous poet, he was there. So I got to listen to James Taylor and Robert Lowell and get paid for it, which was, which was pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> and I also began to meet people who, it was very different from what I was used to in the small town where I grew up. So it really broadened my uh, view of the world. And I also started reading like a maniac. I would work a lot of night shifts. And, and, and mostly it was quiet. Occasionally there would be a rambunctious night, but most of the nights were quiet. Was was those reading sessions, uh, is that what spurred you to say, hey, maybe maybe I could write one of these things? Uh, 
I, yeah, a little of that, and then I just started scribbling stories. And somebody said, you're lucky if you find something in life that you love to do, and then it's a miracle if somebody will pay you to do it. And that was my gig. Initially, just finding something that I love to do. I love to read, I found, and I, and I, and I, and I really love to write stories. And then eventually uh, somebody paid. I was very lucky because the first novel, I, I, uh, I was 25 when I wrote it. It got turned down by 31 publishers, and once again for your listeners. And but then it won an Edgar as a best first novel. So mm. I don't know, figure that one out. But I was <laughs> lucky because I was getting paid for what I love to do at a pretty pretty young age. Um, so for 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 people out there, you know, there there's there's a whole new world of self publishing, like. If you were starting out today, do you think you would have gone that route? Like, how do you think you would have? I wouldn't have gone that route, but I might have, you know, it might have wound up there. I mean, when I started publishing, there were there were more publishing companies. Mm -hmm. There were more publishers. There's not as many now. So yeah. uh, you can, you, know, you you wouldn't get to 31 turndowns. Right. I mean, right. these days, I think you might get to seven or eight, and that would pretty much do it. Um, so you might wind up. And I know some people that have been successful self-publishing. Um, but that's a harder thing to at least make money. Right. It, it's a, it, you can make a little bit of money and, and, and you get your book out there and you get some people reading it and get some reviews from people. So that's useful. Um, but I think it's, I, I think it's harder to get published now, uh, if, if, if you want to make a living at it. So facing 31 rejections, were you just like on to the next one? Were you crestful? No, it happened really quickly. Okay. You know, and, and in those days, you know, and I, and I got an agent uh, uh, somewhere along the way there. And so it wasn't like, oh, my God. And, and some of the turndowns were encouraging, mm. you know, send us your next one or whatever the heck. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't have time to sort of get suicidal. And we got we got an acceptance, you know, within a couple of months. So and that was good. And it was it was a great place. Uh, it was Little Brown. And, and, and it was a guy at that point who they were up in Boston. Then now they're in New York, mostly. But uh, it, it was the, the, the man who who was the editor in chief. And he was the editor for Norman Mailer and uh, Herman Wook. And, you know, really Wow. Big okay. time author. So I was really honored to, uh, you know, for, for him to publish my book and, and edit it. And was this, was your plan, I'm going to be a writer? Was there a backup plan if this didn't work out? How did you approach that? Yeah, I thought it was presumptuous for me to think that I could be a writer. So I, I worked in advertising. Mm -hmm. But as I said, I've been clean for over 30 years now. <laughs> and uh, But that was my, uh, that was my, my day job. And I wound up being, you know, CEO of J. Walter Thompson North America, so it was a big gig, mm -hmm. um, you know. So that and, that and I just I kept doing you know that both you know, I would I was writing books and eventually I was writing bestsellers, but I, and I was still working in advertising okay. until I was right. I think around early forties, I think I, I finally you know broke out and said I'm just going to do books. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember a moment that you were like, hey, I don't need to do this anymore. Oh, I totally, I totally, you know, it was a weird thing. I, I had a house on, on the Jersey shore and I had to go back on a Sunday. I had to go into New York to, for an advertising meeting and I, and I was cursing cause it was a bit beautiful day and I'm in like, you know, traffic going like 10 miles an hour on the Jersey turnpike or the yeah. garden state, one of the two. And, uh, it's horrifying. And I'm just sitting there and in the slow moving traffic and on the other side of the turnpike, 
these cars are going by about one every 15 seconds. Whoosh. <laughs> Whoosh. And I'm watching this. And after about an hour, and this is really important, and it really happened this way, it struck me that I was on the wrong side of the road. I was going in the wrong direction, and I needed to get on the other side. And that's when I made the decision, I'm going to get out of advertising. I'm just going to write books. I had lost someone, a woman who I loved, and, and, and uh, a brain cancer, and I was going to try my best to, to find somebody else. So I'm, at, I'm going to get out of advertising. I'm going to write books, and I'm going to try to find somebody to, to love again. Wow. Huge. Yeah. And all based on that, just looking at that other side of the road yeah. and, and it's it just dawning on me, this makes no sense. Why are you doing this thing? You're making a good living with the books now. Why are you doing this other thing? Why are you going to New York today? Right. Why are you leaving that beautiful beach? You know? Yeah. So, uh, no, and it should have dawned on me earlier, but it, it just, it just, yeah, I don't know. We, you know, we were such creatures of habit. It's hard sometimes to, yeah. to do. I, it's interesting, I think, because COVID has force some people to kind of make that force them or giving them time to think about it. Yeah. And they went, you know what, you know, we're, we're not going to as many restaurants. We're not going to as many movies and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't need the three jobs between the two of us anymore. Right. And we're right. going to have a life and you know, whatever. And, and so, you know, that's, that's can be a good thing for people. Wow. That that's incredible. That's, <laughs> that's quite a scene. Have you worked that into a book yet? Which the uh, looking on the other Which? side of the street. Yeah. Oh, that's on the damn autobiography. You uh, kid. That's I, I, exactly what the book is. It's yeah. nothing but stories like that. That's great. One after the other. Um, some of them will help you. You know, some of them will help people. You know, figure out how to write stuff. But it's but it's interesting. Some of them will deal with you know business and how you do that. How you deal with Hollywood. You know, I mean, Hollywood is its own. I'll never write a, a novel about Hollywood. But if but if I did, I have the first line. Hello, I lied. But but the book is full of stuff like that. And it's, it's you know, I think there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah. Um, because humor has always been my way of sort of, you know, moving forward. And uh, I mentioned, you know, and it, it, it has a, you know, a couple of chapters about dealing with, uh, um, you know, the, the, the love of my life who, uh, uh, at, at 38, she died of a brain tumor and she'd been wow. sick for two and a half years. So we go through that a little bit, wow. uh, and just sort of what a wonderful person she was. And, mm. you know, we're a real hero. And then, and then ultimately finding somebody else, uh, and, and, uh, who's my current love of my life. And, you know, as I say about Sue, who is mar- I'm married to now, you know, if Sue ever leaves me, uh, I'm going with her. Okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff like that in there. It's, uh, you know, so it's fun. It's, it's a fun read. That's, that's great. That's great. More coming up from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsor. It can be something B2 brilliant, B2 bold, a B2 breakthrough force that helps you B2 beat expectations. How? With the platform B2B marketers have been waiting for. A platform with tools you need to build B2 better relationships to drive results that B2 bash KPIs while B2 boosting ROI. And to B2 boldly go where no marketers have gone before, all in a trusted environment that respects your business. So prep your marketing to B2 blast off and tell those built for B2C sites you'll BRB. Because LinkedIn is where B2B is everything it can. 
can be. Get started with LinkedIn ads and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash advertise to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash advertise. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. So I'm sure you get uh, people, any any chance anyone has access to you, I'm sure they're asking you uh, questions about your process and all this and questions that you've probably answered four million times. Do you want to answer? There are questions and the other things that they do are like, you know, <laughs> I remember some guy, I'm in a restaurant, whatever, and they come, the guy comes up to Sue and I and we're eating and another couple with us and he goes, uh, you know, uh, listen, uh, I'm writing my autobiography, but I want I want you to write it for me. <laughs> I'm going, you know, it's your autobiography. I, you know, how could I write it for you? And he goes, well, you're the writer. So you get some of that. And yeah. I always try to be, you know, nice to people as, as nice as you can be when people come up. And yeah. somebody came up to me. I was actually, I was at the little diner. He goes, uh, uh, no friends? <laughs> just kind of writing here. You yeah. know? And he goes, well, you know, the reason I stopped by is, that, you know, I just want you to give me some advice on, on, on writing my book. And I said, I, honestly, the best advice I can give you is go home right now and write. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Anyway, but you were going to ask about whatever. Well, I was, or... I was going to get, I think you just, I was going to say for you, you, you can answer the question that everyone asks you. We'll put it out there into the universe, and then they'll just the answers there, and you can refer them to this podcast if they uh, ask it to you again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and how do you? I mean, I I, I did a master class, which is actually I, I think it's a it, it turned out pretty well. And but I but I tell people I, I can't give you any advice on how to write. All I can tell I can tell you what I do. Yeah. That's all I can do. And and the only thing I will say about when you're and it's 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 in the book too in terms of. And it's not just about writing books. It's about kind of, you know, succeeding in life and yeah. doing what you want to do and, and, you know, hungry dogs run faster, et cetera. Uh, but, but, but the only thing I'll say, you know, when, in the, when, when I did the master class was if you're nodding your head already, then you already know that. So pay no attention to it. You already <laughs> do it. If you're shaking your head, that's what you ought to pay attention to. Yeah. Because if you're not doing it, and the only way you're going to get any better, it's going to be stuff that you're not doing now. So pay more attention to stuff that you're you're disagreeing with or you're not getting, you know. Oh, that's great. So you know, whatever. Yeah. So, and that's as far as I'll go in terms of advice. Yeah, and you you mentioned in the opening of your of your memoir that it, I think you said it's a quarter to six, which is later than I usually start get, which is late for me oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So you yeah. is that your thing? You're you're a, you get up, you roll out of bed and start writing. How does that work? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't work for a living. I play for a living, uh-huh. and for the most part, I can't wait wait to get up and and do it. That's you know? great. And uh, soon I go to bed, you know, fairly early, you know, ten thirty, whatever. And we're up. We're both up at five thirty or six, something like that. And and the thing with Sue and I is, is uh, you know, who who I love dearly is, and we've been you know at, at each other for twenty five years now, whatever. And and we go to sleep every night holding hands. Oh, that's, that's every really night. Nice. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So let me ask you for, for someone who has accomplished, uh, as much as you have accomplished, you know, why, uh, what, what, 
what compels you to do more? You know, you could it's not eat- compel. Once again, I play. Yeah, that's like asking somebody, "Why do you keep eating hot fudge sundays?" <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're really good. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, I can only eat about one a month now because uh, at a certain point, you got to watch the hot fudge sundays and the beer. Uh, but uh, right, <laughs> I, I don't. It's not. It's play. I yeah. love telling stories. That's awesome. I just love it. I love. I love. Uh, you know, my this. I'm in my office right now. And and all the way there's little shelves, and all the way around the shelves there's like I don't know like 29 different projects that I'm doing right now. Wow! And it ranges from Hollywood stuff, you know, like the um, you know we're just in the process of starting to do the the Dolly Parton thing as a movie. Oh on wow! Run Rose Run, and um, um, Alice Cross um, they've just greenlit that at Amazon as a series. Oh wow! So we're just starting to do scripts for that. And we just actually just sold Women's Murder Club to Amazon as well. So, um, so there's a lot of that, you know. So I'm looking at scripts, and then plus a lot of a lot of books that that, uh, that I'm doing right now. So, uh, some nonfiction. We're doing coming out later this year uh, a book, uh, Diana, William, and Harry. And uh, there have been way too many books about, for my in my opinion, anywhere about Diana as as a princess, but this is Diana as the mom, huh. and Diana and and the boys, and what the effect of of her as mom, and then and then her death had on on William and Harry. Wow! So it's different, and, and yeah. I wouldn't have done it if it was just going to be you know the princess thing because that's just been done too many times. So when you mention uh, you know the the series and movies and and uh, you know these collaborations, so you know obviously for the most part a writer is sitting there, they're they're getting the thoughts out of their head, they're putting them on the page, and that's it. But now. You know, with a movie and a TV show, it, it there's hundreds of people involved and hundreds of different yep. interpretations. Way too many. So, <laughs> <laughs> way, well, way, way too you, many involved. How do, how do you approach that? Is it weird to see your your baby, you know, become something else? Um, how yeah, do you- it, 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 it's tricky. I mean, you know, with with the, with the book that Dolly and I did, the, the novel Run Rose Run. I mean, we have both of us have one thing only. It's that. Uh, at the when we see the movie and Dolly will be in the movie that we go we're really glad we did it we're really glad we did the book and there's an album with with the book it's a book and an album which you can oh really buy people buy separately yeah <laughs> awesome. oh yeah because it's about a country western singer not Dolly but a young you know current person and uh, um, and and there are a bunch of songs that the woman writes in the book and and, and Dolly went and recorded all the songs. Wow! Uh, so that's very cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. But, but our but our thing about the about the movie is we just want it to be, and we we got as a producer Reese Witherspoon and her company because we felt that everything that they've done has been good. Yeah. And and uh, you know they're just they're very good. They're very painstaking. They're smart. Uh, they care. They have passion for the projects that they take on. So you know, once again, our our thing is, and and with the autobiography, it's the same thing. I didn't know whether I could really write it and make it interesting for people and but if i was going to do it man it, it was going to be something and if i was going to actually publish it that, that that i would really be that i would be proud of and that people would would read it and go you know that that was good man that was people always asking what's good this is good yeah it's a good you know it's, it's, it's a it's a good it's a good read that's that's amazing so i was going to ask you of all i know i know your bookshelves aren't filled with your own books but uh, if there was, you know, the the James uh, Patterson section of the bookstore or, or the library, uh, which of your babies on the shelf up there are you really like, 
that's the one. Well, there's a book called the black book, which I think turned out really well. Mm. Um, I think the cross series is strong. Potty mouth and stupid as the kids books is really, really good. But it's about, it's about, uh, word bullying, uh, which is some, you know, some, you know, silly people go, Oh, it's got stupid in the title. Yes. Cause it's about word bullying. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it has stupid <laughs> in the title. Um, um, so those in particular, um, I, 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 been doing a couple with Mike Lupica, the, the, the sports writer, yeah. a very good journalist, and, and we've become great friends. And next year, there's there's uh, two books with him, which I think really turned out great. Uh, uh, one is called House of Wolves, and that'll be you know, early next year. So that that one turned out real well. So when you when you're collaborating, say with Mike Lupica, like do you guys kind of map out like I'm going to do this and you're going to do that, uh, or is it sort of like just a back and forth? Like what, what's that process? It's a, like? it's a lot of back and forth. We we go. The first thing is always an outline, and we go back and forth. I, I usually write the first draft of the outline, and then Mike will do a draft, and I'll do another draft, and we just keep doing it till we think the outline because that's a key thing for yeah. at least for us and for most writers to get that outline right. And, um, and, and then in terms of the writing, yeah, we go back and forth constantly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk every day when we're doing a book together a couple of so, times usually. So when, when people are approaching a book or really kind of any kind of project, I mean, obviously you've, you've done this a number of times, so I, I don't know that you're intimidated by the blank page. Um, but if you ever were, or you find yourself, you've written into like a dead end or something like, what are some what are some tactics you use to sort of spur yourself on? Well, what I've always done is is uh, I go to the next chapter. Okay, yeah. Just leave it. TBD. Yeah, TBD. Okay. Don't torture yourself because once you get into that sort of panic and and your butt sort of tightening up, it's useless. Go to the next <laughs> chapter. Get it on the next. Get it on the rewrite. Uh, Come to it fresh. Yeah. No panic. No, you know, like you know. And, and, and do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, and you should know basically what the chapter was supposed to do. So you should know what the next chapter is. You know, okay. Oh, they stole the babies in that chapter. Okay. Next chapter, <laughs> uh, whatever that, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, the police arrived, the babies are gone, whatever, you know, whatever, go to the next chapter. Right. Right. That's great. So you've written a memoir. What's the next chapter? Uh, well, you know, it, it's the, um, uh, a combination of the, you know, there, there'll be an, an Alex Cross later in the year, and uh, um, I'm doing a bunch of of uh, nonfiction now. Like uh, I did Matt Eversman, who, who's one of my partners now. He um, he was the actual sergeant in, in Black Hawk Down, you know, the real guy. Yeah, wow. And um, um, so he and I did a book, uh, uh, Walking My uh, 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 Walking My Combat Boots, and uh, that was he did like a Oh, 130 interviews with, and, and and the thing of it is, is Matt can get military men and women to talk, mm. talk about it, which they won't do to yes. you know people that haven't been through it. Yeah, right. And then I turn those into six-page, seven-page chapters on each one with their stories. Oh, wow! And it's uh, it's really a compelling thing. And then we went after that. We did one on ER nurses, and and our our mission was with the combat is is if you. If you if you serve, you'll go. These guys got it right. And if if you're one of these people that likes to BS that you think you know, you read and you go, okay, I had no idea what the military, even though I pretend that I do. Or or nurses. Oh, I love nurses. Yeah, you read this book and you really know what ER nurses. Do. Wow. 
Yeah. It's a mind boggler. Yeah. It's a mind boggler. And to some extent, with the autobiography, you know, people are going to assume, oh, you know, a writer, you know, won't be. Well, no, it's really funny and interesting. It's not what you think. And it's not some guy like beating his chest. Oh, my God, I'm a big seller. Right. No, it's like I came from nothing and uh, hear a bunch of stories. Yeah. You know, like my, uh, 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 you know, as you said, it has none of that. You know, 700 pages of every street in Newburgh. And I just don't do any of that. It's just stories. It's, you know, like, you know, like my father, who I said, you know, grew up in the poorhouse. When he was about to go off to World War II, he got this call from this guy. And the guy said that my name is George Hazelton. He lived about 25 miles away. He said, tonight, you know, my my parents, after dinner, they said, George, come on down to the living room. We want to talk to you. And they said, you know, we love you so much, and you're going off to this terrible war. And we have to tell you that we're not your natural parents. You know, you're adopted. And then this guy over the phone, George Hazelton, said to my father, I'm your brother. Wow. So that's how my father found out he had a brother. And then uh, when they came back from the war, they both lived, and, and, and they became best friends. And then my uncle called up one time, and he said, I found our father. And, and and neither one of them had ever met him. I mean, to their knowledge, maybe when they were babies or something. But and uh, so, uh, and my father said, "I don't want to go see him." So my my uncle went up to Poughkeepsie, New York, little bar under the little crummy little bar, and he walked in, and there was a couple of rummies at the bar and whatever. And uh, his father's tended bar, who to his knowledge he'd never seen before. And uh, he stays here for twenty minutes, and he's so turned off by this guy, he never introduces himself and just leaves. Huh. But it's just like that. Wow. It's just story after That's like three or four pages, those two stories. That's incredible. And the whole thing is just full of, you know, story, story, story. Anyway, all right. Well, this has been great. Yes. So uh, hopefully uh, your audience will, will get some laughs and, 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 and get interested in the autobiography. And I, I, I promise you it, 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 it is. You, you'll be happy that you read it. So. I, I believe. That's all I got. I, will, I believe we will. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate right. your time. Yeah. You could have been writing your next bestseller so i appreciate you taking i was time. i yeah. was i okay, got good. all my notes here all i right. did three pages while we were here. <laughs> nice Perfect. to talk to you you too have a great day bye-bye bye that's our episode folks hope you enjoyed it get a real job comes out every tuesday so be sure to subscribe to us on itunes stitcher google play or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts leave us a review give us a share big people Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.